Special episode alert. CJ, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. And Andrew Bob, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. We have a wow. special guest, Andrew Bob, on the podcast today. And Bob, right off the rip, you have to give us the correct NHL power rankings without looking go. Top five. Top five. Uh, from what resource? ESPN. Written by... Uh, oh, sorry. ESPN. I remember her name. Uh, hold on. Her name is Emily Kaplan. You can okay, start. Let five. me get the top five teams first, and then I'll order them. Can we do that? You're gonna guess the top five, or you want us to give you the top five? Like, no, can I? Can I like just say teams that yeah. are in the top oh, five? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then like they... get the order afterwards. Yep, go for okay, it. Hey, the Leafs are up there. We're not saying anything. Just keep guessing. Okay, <laughs> Tampa Bay is up there. Okay. The Islanders should be there. Okay. I'm going to say that the the Leafs are not there based on the the. Uh, oh, I forgot you could see us. <laughs> you can see us, right? Yes, I can see. Oh, CJ, yeah. come on! All right, you got two of the three, or two of your three have been correct. Uh, I think the Bruins are up there. Okay. They had a little rough stretch. I think they're still up there. Okay. Give me the Canadians as well. Alright, All right, that's five. All right. uh, you're yeah, wrong. Hockey expert. Yeah, yeah, you're wrong on most of them. <laughs> on most of them? Yeah. You got two right. You got two right. Two right, okay. These are so subjective. Uh, the Knights up there? Who? The Golden Knights. Yes. Oh, Florida. Yep. Yep. One more. Florida Panthers, so that's, that's four. Here I am. Nice! Wow, good one. Good, good lucky guess. All right, number five. Who is it? Really, it's been really tough for me to keep up with the whole league because, like, I mean, I just primarily keep with the Rangers, and like, they only play the same seven teams. Not to so, like, I don't get any exposure unless I go out of my way to look. Not to uh, everybody else. Okay, number one is going to be Tampa Bay. Okay. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna let you go through and let you know after if you're wrong. I'm already wrong. Okay, whatever. We'll stick with it. My gut is Tampa's number one. Florida's number two. Top man. The Islanders are three. Golden Knights are four, and then was it the Bruins are five? Lightning was the other one that you had right. Lightning. Lightning is five. All right, you got one. Yeah, you, you got the Golden Knights right. They're four. <laughs> They're four. Okay. Is Florida one? <laughs> Florida Panthers are number one. Correct? Get on the pan wagon. That's, like I know that they they're they're doing really well. It's just really hard for me to say that the Florida Panthers are the best team in hockey. It doesn't make sense. Right? But here's a little <laughs> no. Here's a little blurb it has for him. The Panthers had a handful of terrific performances in the first half, but their MVP is Captain Alexander Barkov who does everything and does it well. Honorable mention is Jonathan Huberdeau, Huberdeau. Who, has near, who has been nearly as impressive. That's why they're number one. The Huber dude. That's why I, the, at the beginning of the season, the Panthers weren't looking great, uh, or going into the season. They've played really well since it's actually started. But they were maybe going to move Alexander Barkov, and the Rangers were interested. Ooh. So I, oh, wanted, I wanted him badly. Barky. Number, yeah. number two, we have the Carolina Hurricanes. 
I would not put the Hurricanes too. Um, this is not your oh, list. The Hurricanes are in there. Sorry, you got it wrong. Emily um, Kaplan is the one yeah, that gets the pick. CJ, why don't you read what Emily Kaplan said about them? Uh, Vinny Trocek has been a rock star through the first half. 13 goals and a point per game pace through 24. And a point. Oh, I misunderstood that. Uh, though he's injured right now, keep an eye on Sebastian Ajo, who is about to turn up to next level mode. Next level mode. So, so Vincent Trocek's their MVP. Do you know who traded Vincent Trocek to the, the Hurricanes before the season started? I'm going to guess the Rangers. I'm going to guess the Rangers, too. The Florida Panthers. Uh, oh, oh, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> they would have been, been even even more number one. So you're saying he got off the pan wagon. He did. <laughs> uh, number three, we have the Tampa Bay Lightning. All three teams in the same division there, brought to you by... Yeah. Who's the, I forgot the... Uh, I don't want to look it up. Are they Discover? Yeah, sure. They're the Discover. Um, and they are led by Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, you got it. Of course. <laughs> who has been head and shoulders above his peers this season. According to the natural stat trick data. Instead uh, of hat trick, it's stat trick. Nice. Bob, what's his name? Uh, Andre Vasilevsky. He leads the league in goals saved above average on 5 on 5 with 13.35 next closest goalie you'd never guess <laughs> that's where you guess you have to guess Connor Connor Hellebuck would be my guess no it is Kevin Lankinen Lankinen I, I, I actually don't know who that he is he might be the backup goalie for the Lightning that would you make know, the most sense Kevin yeah big L I feel like if your name's Kevin you can't be a good hockey player I feel like if your name's Kevin it's tough to be, like, a spectacular person. Good at anything, really, yeah. Kevin Hart is funny. Oh. Kevin Costner, I'm not going to talk too bad about him because I know he's in CJ's favorite movie. Well, like, like, he's yeah. very white bread. I mean, Kevin Spacey's, like, was good. the devil. But he was good at acting, though. He was good at acting, but then took a very dark turn. Kevin James is funny. But I feel like we're naming all the it's the unmiraculous type of funny. <laughs> <laughs> King of Queens was a good show. I apologize to anyone named Kevin. For Ooh, Kevin, you. Kevin Bacon. Yeah, point for point. Yeah, I got nothing on that. But again, is is unspectacular. He's <laughs> um, just very well known. And then Kevin Hart at the you know he was probably the best stand up comedian for a time. Kevin Hart, we'll, we'll give that to the Kevins. Let's go, Kevin. <laughs> oh, Kevin from SpongeBob. The jellyfish Hi, Kevin. guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> back to the Vegas Golden Knights. They're number four. And CJ, is it your turn to read? Yeah. Sure. For the first half of the season, Mark Andre Fleury was the team's MVP, which is ironic considering there was trade speculation this summer after the Golden Knights inked Robin Lanner. Leonard. Wasn't he a, a saber bub? He was a saber. Wow. Who's the real hockey expert? <laughs> This is the best goaltending tandem in the league. You got it. Yeah, That's no, all I got. Agree. <laughs> okay. And then number five is the Islanders, um, who's led by Captain Anders Lee, has been the first half MVP. Based besides a team high twelve goals, teammate Matt Martin lauds Lee for having the best net front presence in the league. Lee unfortunately is sidelined and definitely with lower body injury. <laughs> Next man up. So, Islanders about to drop off. Yes. Hopefully. Capitals 6, 
Wild seven, Pittsburgh eight, Maple Leafs down six spots, number nine, Avalanche up Man, two where spots. Man, the, the Brewers down to eleven? They were at eight. Last Leafs year. and the Bruins must have had a really bad stretch because they were tearing it up, uh, like as of a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and screw Boston. Must have had a bad, bad couple weeks that I haven't paid much attention to. Let's find our teams here. Still scrolling. Rangers twenty-one. That getting better though, right? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> and then Some games. The, uh, the Red Wings holding out at number 30. Good news is they haven't gone to 31 yet. Bad news is they've stayed at 30 all year. And, of course, Dylan Larkin. This is what they say for him. He plays hard every time he's on the ice. <laughs> Shout out to but him. I saw, I saw a power rankings thing. I didn't look, read the whole thing, but I saw somebody posted the bottom half uh, on Twitter. And it, it had the Seattle Kraken at 31 <laughs> they're the expansion team that hasn't played yet and the buffalo sabers were down at 32 i That's thought fantastic. i thought the sabers were supposed to be good they were because they signed taylor hall they signed jeff skinner to an extension they still have jack eichel uh but buffalo the uh, i don't know they've been disappointed they, for a while yeah they need to do it needs to be a whole overhaul of their whole organization, not just the players, uh, but top to bottom. They definitely, like, they, I mean, they have a losing culture, which, I mean, I, like, I've been a Mets fan my whole life, and I've been <laughs> for years. Um, and hopefully that's what's shifting now with the sale of the team is just changing that culture to we expect to win. Uh, if we don't win, we're going to make changes rather than, I think last year the Sabres were close to making the playoffs. And everyone was like, yes, like, this is good enough. And I think that's that's how you know oh, uh, that you need to change something. That was a good transition, just because we haven't really had you on since the Mets made their uh, ownership move. Are you fired up for Steve Cohen? I am, yeah. I think I, think I was on to talk about Francisco Lindor. I think it was like yeah, the day it happened, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm very excited. They've they've been playing very well in the spring in spring training. And I mean, not that that means a ton, but you'd rather have them playing well in the spring than Absolutely. not well. Uh, so they're doing what they can. And Jacob Degrom is hitting 103 miles an hour on the radar gun. Three. So Luis yeah, three. So uh, as long as his arm doesn't fall off. <laughs> well, um, don't say that about Mets pitchers. No, I mean that's that's what I'm waiting for. That's what I'm waiting for, but uh, but no, no, stuff's stuff's looking up, and I'm just excited for for some baseball for sure. I know, um, warm weather, baseball, can't wait. Transition. So you get you you gotta buy yourself a LeBron James jersey now. Well, you you already have a LeBron James yeah, jersey. Yeah, I got a Heat one. I'm sure. <laughs> I got a Heat <laughs> one. Um, me and I gotta buy a Red Sox one. I thought he was a Yankee fan yeah. or an Indians fan. I, I think he just wears the hat and rolls around. He's a fan of whatever team's going to make him more popular. I'm actually like yeah. kind of excited that LeBron's like part owner now because maybe it'll attract some free agents like Mookie Betts in 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you want Mookie Betts in 12 years. I want him now, Bob. I want him now. <laughs> Tatis in 15. I mean, you, you got some guys. Now I'm depressed. Right around the corner. <laughs> hey, this free agent class could be pretty stacked, especially Lindor. Uh, just said if they don't get a deal in spring training, then he's going to test the market. So. Oh, jeez. You don't like to hear that. No, 
No, but we're just blocking out all that stuff. We're just gonna be happy, CJ. Yeah, just gonna be happy. You still the fact that Cohen went out and got him already shows you that there's a step up from the Wilpons. Even if Lindor does decide to leave, there's a lot of reasons to be confident. Oh no, I mean what the Wilpons would have done was said we'll get him in free agency, then free agency would roll around. They'd make a lowball offer. He would (laughs) sign with another team, and they'd say, "Well, look, we tried." And at least we didn't give up anything because he left. And it's like, well, he was never here, first of all. Uh, so. And, and at the end of the day, Steve Cohen can't make Lindor sign with you guys. He could obviously offer more money than anybody oh, no, else. Yeah. But... No, I mean, I, I think he will resign because I think he seems to enjoy the team culture so far and has gotten along very well with the guys. I mean, like everybody, the whole team has been like raving about each other so far which is just really good to hear uh and i think steve Cohen will offer him as much or more money than anyone else which is why i think like I, that's why i think even if he tests the market i think he will be back unless the mets decide they don't want him which i don't know why that would be the case you know so, a pretty bad year yeah it would have to be it would have to be terrible uh and i think like the locker room would have to fall apart as well um but yeah, I'm I'm confident that that they'll keep him uh, and be able to keep him in Conforto and continue moving forward. Reasons to be excited if you're a Mets fan. First in a while, first in a while that we haven't <laughs> since had Matt Harvey. Fracture. Since Matt Harvey in 2016. <laughs> oh rip! Oh rip! I still have my Matt Harvey All Star Game jersey. Oh, that's that's sad. I'm sorry. Speaking of reasons to be excited, the Giants going out and signing John Ross. They did. How about that? It was a holder of one of the the most coveted records in combine history, right? Or did somebody break his? Uh, I feel like someone might have broken it a year or two ago, but maybe not. What record are we talking about? The fastest 40 time. I thought he was the one that broke it. Like, he's not old. Yeah. Um... The Giants are so disappointing, though, this offseason. Like, not that I expected them to go out and do a lot, but outside of the Leonard Williams move, they haven't done anything where I've been like, oh, that's a really good move. Yeah, I mean, even the Leonard Williams move, that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot of money. But, no, the, the the Giants are, I mean, the team, I was talking about that culture a minute ago, like the Giants and some Giants fans cited that they almost won the division as like reasons to be happy and like be positive <laughs> moving forward. Oh no! And that that like that's the the Giants have shifted from a winning culture to a losing culture so fast. It's, it's ten years ago they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And now we're like we almost won the division at six and ten. It's so bad. Yeah, I can't imagine there's a worse team right now that's won two Super Bowls in the last 20 years. It, it, they're oh, horrible. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the teams to have won two are us. Not us, the Giants. Sorry, Elijah. <laughs> no, <laughs> just the Giants, the Bucks, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Ravens. Not the Packers. No, Ravens, I guess, are out now. Yeah. 2000 was... We're in 2021, so... Just barely 
Yeah, no, they're they're by far the worst. Because and it's not even that they're just bad now. There's no reason for optimism going into the future. Like <laughs> we don't have the young quarterback that is like even if you're the Texans right now, as bad as their situation is. They still have Deshaun Watson. Even if he yeah. ends up saying that he doesn't want to play there, at least right now you could say maybe something changes and we have Deshaun Watson. The only thing that can change for the Giants is they're going to have to fire their GM. They're going to have to totally overhaul the majority of the roster. And that's going to be a five-year process. And it's it's not going to be good. I, I think I said earlier in the offseason, we're 15 great moves away from being a contender. 15. <laughs> and that's without making the big-time mistakes in between that. Because that's how yes. hard it is to be a good football team. Oh, no, for sure. Like, just the, the swings and misses early in the draft have killed the Giants. Brutal. These last, since Gettleman has taken over. And even a little bit before uh, that, like I know Odell was a big hit, but like Eric Flowers was terrible. Yeah. Um, there was another offensive Flowers, line. Eli Apple. Yeah, that was just the year after a mess. Flowers. Was was Eli Apple? Was that Jerry Reese's last, or was that Gilman's first? I think that was Reese's last. Yeah, and then then after that was Saquon, which I mean Saquon's wildly talented. No, actually, it was Ingram. Evan oh, yeah. Ingram, 2017. Which then, it was, uh, then it was Saquon. And, like, I mean, Saquon's wildly talented, but uh, I, I would say he's not lived up to the second overall pick in a draft where there were uh, plenty of playmaking options available at positions of need for the Giants. Right. Like, I mean, we can look back and say, like, I mean, the quarterback pick probably would have been Sam Darnold, and maybe he hasn't panned out, but I'd rather go that route and have it fail, uh, like make the smart pick and have it fail, than make an outlandish pick that fails. All right, let's hear it, Bob. And, you know, would you rather be the Jets or the Giants? I'd rather be the Jets. Wow. wow. That, that's that's painful that's to hear. That's insane. I don't think there's yeah. ever been a person that has said they'd rather be the Jets, regardless of, not even outside of sports. I would never want to be the Jets in any instance. No, I, I would rather be, I would definitely rather be the Jets. Because they have hope. Uh, <laughs> they have the number two pick instead of 11. Yeah, no, I mean, they have the number two pick. They have, uh, they have the number two pick. <laughs> That's yep. all they have. Yep. No, you're right. You're 100 right. That's all they have. <laughs> Good enough. They have cap space. They have uh, a GM who I think isn't is not Dave Gettleman stupid. He's <laughs> not stupid. Like the just the the epitome of Dave Gettleman has just been all of his comments about uh, like the the computer people. <laughs> Like not like not understanding what the computer people the little do. people inside the computer yeah yeah right yeah it's like Zoolander <laughs> in the computer yeah no that's like Dave Gellman like when they did the virtual draft you just see him he just looks like a grandpa like typing with two fingers on like his Windows 98 <laughs> desktop and it's like you're in charge of running a multi-million dollar corporation and it's one thing to have a non-analytical approach, 
but you still need to look at the numbers and still at least have a basic understanding of what those numbers mean. And when people are telling you that Daniel Jones isn't good regardless of whatever your eye test is telling you, then you got to listen to that because clearly he's just not a good quarterback. And also, I don't know what eye test you're using if you think Daniel Jones <laughs> looks good. <laughs> but it, it just doesn't make sense to me. He's so He refuses knowledge basically yes no he does he's like one of those people that like not just ignores the new ways of doing things but like scorns them and is like i'm intentionally not going to do things the new way yeah because i'm old and crotchety it doesn't make sense i hate hate millennials and like the another frustrating part about being i don't know we're just turning this podcast into a diatribe about wait kevin durant what? Kevin Durant. That's a serious Kevin. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was like, what about Kevin Durant? Yeah, it's all you like got traded something or something. That. Yes, no, that's true. That was good. Kevin Thanks. Durant's a good Kevin. Continue. Um, yeah, Durant and Hart. That's it. But yeah, that's another awful thing about being a Giants fan right now is for the first, the majority of our lives, we were both born in the late 90s, We've grown up thinking that the Maros are as good of owners as you have in sports, let alone in football. And now it doesn't make any sense what they're doing. They just seem so attached to Gettleman that they're refusing to let go. Like, if you're going to let Tom Coughlin walk, why aren't you letting Dave Gettleman go? I, I don't know if it's pride that they hyped him up so much coming in. And, like, he's just been horrible, and they've been trying to make excuses, hoping that the move will turn around. I don't know if it's that, like, they're really good friends with him, but, like, yeah, it's it's a bad look that he has had this job for, like, three full years now, four. Kevin Garnett. Four. Kevin Garnett. Another good Kevin. <laughs> Um, All right, I'm being I'm being proven wrong. I apologize. No, you're not being proven. I think you're being proven right, and that's the only two Kevins I can find. The other one was Kevin Love, NBA champion Kevin Love. No, Kevin Love doesn't count. All right, so we got two, three decent Kevins. So I don't think you're wrong by that statement at all. Um, free agency. Yeah, transition. Um. What's been the moves that have gotten you guys the most excited? I mean, obviously our teams have not done a ton to get excited about. No, I know. The Packers re-signed Aaron Jones, which I didn't want them to do. But after seeing some of these other contracts, it's not the worst. And to find out that uh, Zadarius Smith restructured his contract so he could re-sign Aaron Jones, I think that's kind of cool. Shows you, like, where the Packers are at, at least. It probably means there's no... No wide receiver coming though. Maybe in the draft. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just not, just not in the first round. <laughs> oh man! Crack myself up. They're gonna draft a running back. Oh my gosh! Don't even. <laughs> and a quarterback. They're gonna do it opposite order: running back first round, quarterback second round. You know what's what's it got me interested right now at the moment is I got a report just before we started that. Uh, Teams have been calling the Jacksonville Jaguars about Gardner Minshew. What? I just want to know, like, who who wants him? Right, like Maybe teams that need a backup or teams that 
like, do the Texans need him in case they trade Watson? <laughs> it's going to be the Bears. Oh, my god. Their approach gosh. is let's have as Like, if you just... Like, we're going to get as many quarterbacks with, like, a 65 Madden rating. <laughs> and you just add them all up so that we've got, like, a 280-rated quarterback. Could that work? Versus, what, Patrick Mahomes, 99? Yeah, right. One every quarter. You just throw them out there. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, that, I, I think cool. that's interesting. The the Bears signing Andy Dalton and CJ. We know he's your your favorite veteran quarterback yeah, of all time. Thank God that now if uh, the Cowboys win the Super Bowl next year, I won't have to wear an Andy Dalton jersey for the rest of my life. And I'm not <laughs> too worried about the Bears. <laughs> I'm so happy the Bears keep screwing things up. It makes my day every single time I see something stupid like what they do. They're never going to get Russell Wilson because it's the Bears. They don't do these things. Apparently, their offer was huge. Yeah, but it's, like Three I said, first it's the Bears. rounders, <laughs> uh, like a, some other picks, and then it said two starting players. I don't know. They didn't say what starting players those were. That's like, the th- like if you're the Bears, you can't give up. Like we saw a, a mock trade the other day that gave up Khalil Mack and Kyle Fuller. If you do that as the Bears, you're not going to be an elite defense next year. Right. So then you're sacrificing the thing that's made you relevant for the past few years for the thing that's made you irrelevant for the past few years, but then you're just going to be in the same situation just with a good offense and a bad defense instead of yeah. a bad defense or instead of a good defense and a bad offense. Well, that's so is is there a reason that they would offer this huge deal for Wilson and then not offer it for Deshaun Watson? Is there any reason? Maybe Mitchell Trubisky doesn't want him to do it. (laughs) (laughs) They always have those comparisons because they could have drafted. No, that was Patrick Mahomes they could have drafted. Both. Both of them. Yeah, the Bears (laughs) traded from three to two to take Trubisky (laughs) and then Watson went like ninth or Seventh and Mahomes went ninth or something like that. Mahomes went, I think, like eleventh. So they could have had both of them, and they didn't take either of them. Oh, I love the Bears. I love everybody in our division. (laughs) And like, if they have Deshaun Watson, I'm confident in saying that the Bears would have won a Super Bowl in the last three years. You know, seems screwing up. It's the Bears. That's true. Their defense has been so good. They were the well, number was, one defense like two years ago. Oh yeah, the biggest joke for them is that they don't have a quarterback. So they actually, if they had a quarterback, like the last the last time they had a quarterback, Jay Cutler, they made it to an NFC Championship <laughs> game. So like, you throw somebody else back there, they definitely would be a, probably a Super Bowl team. How sad is it that the last good quarterback the Bears have had is Jay Cutler? Makes me happy. Not, not sad be- at all. Not because it's a long time ago, but because it's Jay Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> That's what keeps the Packers so relevant, though. That no one else can get their quarterbacks right in that division. Yeah, you guys are like a toned down version of the Patriots in the AFC. Yes, because we can lose to the teams in our division every once in a while. Right. Speaking <laughs> of the Patriots, holy moly, are they uh, the best team in the NFL now? <laughs> they always were. <laughs> it was just a, just a game last year they were playing with us. They were, they realized no. without Brady, maybe we want a high draft pick for one year. I forgot who they officially signed. I know they got the two tight ends. After Hunter Henry and who's the other one? Johnny Smith. And after they signed Johnny Smith, Smith Dom was all upset because he wanted the Jets to get 
No, no, Dom was fine. Because he said, I want them to get Hunter Henry. And I said, watch, the Patriots are going to get both of them. He said, no, they already <laughs> spent too much on John Smith. And sure enough, I was 100% right, but also joking. I love John Smith. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm like a, an adopted Titans fan <laughs> since moving down here to Memphis. And so Johnny Smith was a, was a big part of the Titans offense this past year. They love their two tight end systems, that's for sure. Well, I mean, the, the Patriot, like, Belichick knows how to utilize two good tight ends. Like, Grob Gronkowski was not even the best tight end on his team uh, in, the early or in the early 2010s. Like, it was Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, that... Then he well. killed the guy. Then he died. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That's what happened, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. That's what happened. <laughs> I don't know. We don't actually totally know. <laughs> most likely would happen. Right. Um, so the uh, what, the Chiefs lost two of their starting offensive linemen, right? I can't remember yes. the names. Yeah, they but lost. They did sign... Uh, Joe Cuny. Yeah, we're looking at that right now. The Patriots offensive lineman. Five years, $80 million. But who did they lose? They lost Schwartz. They lost and... Thuny. No, oh, they... they got Thuny. From the Patriots. Who'd the Chiefs lose? Oh, yeah, the Chiefs. oh, I thought you asked who the Patriots lost. And I said the Patriots lost. No, no, they uh, talk about the Patriots Chiefs. Cut Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz. And, oh, yeah, right. And Mitchell Schwartz. It was crazy because if we all flash back to the Super Bowl, which wasn't that long ago, and if that's what they're going to look like every game, they're not going to win very much. Well, the one thing that I think made sense for them is that Joe uh, Thune, I think that's how it's pronounced, is a player who, uh, he's best at left guard, but he's played left tackle, he's played center, he's played both uh, right positions. So, like, maybe they looked at what happened and said, we can't afford to go to the Super Bowl, have one guy get hurt on our line, and then have it mess everything up. So now they're going out and probably getting people that can be more dynamic, even if they're not quite as good, although Joe Thune's great. Maybe they're saying we would rather have someone who's kind of a utility offensive lineman versus right. the best right tackle in the league. I I still think it's very surprising. That yeah, they I was... moved on from Fisher, especially. It's definitely gonna hurt him. Like that's it'll be interesting to see because yeah, like I mean obviously they got Thuny who's a plug anywhere kind of guy, but. If he doesn't perform <laughs> like he they expect him to, they're screwed because you cannot win that. Obviously, the Bucks defense, the front four was incredible all throughout the playoffs and all year pretty much. But like you can't win many games if Mahomes is under that kind of pressure. Yeah, they can still win plenty. Yeah, but I don't think you know they won't be the dominant force that they've been. Won't won't win as many. Yeah. Right. They'll go twelve and four or something crazy like that. But is are we, is that not us slightly overreacting to that one game? Because we've seen well, the no. Chiefs' offense against really good defenses but before. I think you were the one that gave the stat that when they're missing Fisher, they're a much different team. Yeah, it's a smaller stat, obviously, but it was probably like eight nine games. They're a much different team than when he's in the lineup. Mm-hmm. But they still have Mahomes. They still have Tyreek and Kelsey. Now they added Kyle Rudolph, who's going to be probably the best second tight end in the NFL right now. Although, actually, it's <laughs> yeah. probably Hunter Henry. <laughs> um, but, like, they still have an elite offense, regardless no of doubt. their offensive line. But, obviously, that's the recipe for beating them, is can you get to Mahomes, can you throw him off his game even a fraction of an inch? Because 
as much as I say we are overreacting to that game or to that one game, we also got to remember if they were if they had the completion to Kelsey in the first half, they had two dropped touchdowns. Like that, it was not Mahomes couldn't make plays. <laughs> he was making the craziest plays I've ever seen, though. Like I don't mm. know if he's gonna be able to do that every game. Yeah, but <laughs> but doesn't he? <laughs> that almost throwing parallels to the ground. I've never seen him do that before. Yeah, but it was crazy yeah. because I like the offensive line being bad undoubtedly hurt them in that game. But I just I feel like it, it was more the fact that their receivers and yeah, running backs kind of let, let them, down. them down. Absolutely. Um, some other deals we have here that went through. We talked about Hunter Henry. The Trent Williams one was crazy. The yeah. highest paid offensive tackle, and it's a six-year deal for a 32-year-old. Yeah, I thought yeah. he was older, and then I see the six-year $138 million deal. Is he that good, or did they just completely overpay? He's good, but... It, it's... I don't, I don't know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> That's basically everyone's thinking the same thing. It's like, yeah, wow, it's okay. tough to say. I think they're probably just looking at the... There have been, like, Jason Peters recently as an offensive lineman that played into his late 30s. Maybe they just trust that he's going to be at least really good for four years, and then if the last two aren't uh, great. You got, uh, oh, why am I I blanking on his name? What team? Cleveland. Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas, yes. (laughs) CJ just said that. Joe Thomas. It's also he could have kept going too. He just retired because he's like, I don't really want to play for the Browns anymore. <laughs> Poor guy. He like, won some games. But yeah, so, so guys, guys can do it. I, I think a big part of it is the health of your legs as an offensive lineman. Right. If you end up having a knee injury, I think that shortens your career a good bit. Yeah, and it's just, can you be quick? Can you keep up with whoever you're facing that day? Because obviously. That's especially now. It's a position where you're facing a lot more athletic of people on the defensive line. So if you have someone that can actually hold it down for a little bit, and you gotta do whatever you can to lock them up. And also, the 49ers are kind of a sleeper team that could have a chance to do something in next year, in the next couple of years, because they they were in the Super Bowl two years ago, and then they lost their quarterback, who even though we don't think he's great. Any team that loses and their starting quarterback. Lost Bosa, is, too. Um, that other guy, I can't think of his name. Armstead or something? Armstead. Yeah. They yeah, lost, Armstead. Yeah, they definitely like, lost their fair share of people, mostly thanks to MetLife. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they were definitely... The running, backs were, running backs were injured a good bit. I don't know. Between, like, Mostert, Kevin Coleman, uh, Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll definitely be the bounce-back team of the year next year. And then we have Shaq Bear or going back to the Bucks. Tom Brady restructured his thing. I don't know what happened. The point is that they're probably going to win the Super Bowl again because Tom Brady restructured something and they're able to sign people. It, is I Tom Brady not for that reason the perfect superstar? The How many times have we said that we want a quarterback that's going to be willing to take the pay cut to make his team good? Like, how many quarterbacks in the league right now? are legit contenders and the highest paid. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is getting a stupid amount of money, but he's already had to restructure his deal. Aaron Rodgers, for as much as we give the Packers crap for not putting the right pieces around him, if you were to take a pay cut, they would probably help out with that a little bit. You watch your mouth. Don't you dare badmouth him. 
Like, there's just a lot of instances where quarterbacks are, for good reason, the highest paid player on their team, but it's by such a large amount that it hurts them in other positions. And if you want to win, that's not the best way to do it. And Tom Brady's realized at this point, I've made enough money. I'm going to go get an eighth, ninth, and tenth Super Bowl. <laughs> He also he doesn't need to make any money. His wife is yeah. That's the she makes yeah the breadwinner. <laughs> Not many people, maybe outside Russell Wilson, like has their significant other be able to make that much money. Rogers could. He is now engaged to Woodley. Don't don't know how to pronounce her first name. The person from the Maze Runner movies. Oh really? Yeah, they're engaged. Huh? What happened to What happened to Danica Patrick? And then what happened to Lindsey Vaughn? They're just not good enough, you know. He had to. Bob, do you know who I'm talking about? I can't think of her first name. I do not. Starts with an S. She's from the the Maze Runner movies. I've never seen those. I can look it up on IMDb though. What if I just type in Woodley? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Shailene. It's like Kayla. Nope. Scodelaria. Maybe she's not from the... Close. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I'm talking about now? No, it's, uh... Is this, this Shai- Shailene? Hold on, we have to go back to Bub so we can see his picture. Nope. Nope. I don't know who that is. Just type in, <laughs> just type in Woodley, and then it'll pop up. She's, she's the one from, from the Maze Runner movies. So. I could have sworn she was in the... Let's go to movies real quick. I could have sworn she was in the... No, is it the Maze Runner? Oh, Diversion. Diversion. Darn it! So close. Divergent. Sorry. They're all the same movie. Yeah, Hunger Games. Well, Hunger Games was the OG, so we don't have to go there. Fault in Our Stars. They're, they're all the same movie. Doesn't <laughs> oh, that kind of yes. look like Bub? <laughs> yeah, it does kind of. Look up the movie Adrift. Guy kind of looks like you. Anyway, back to free agency. Um, the Bucks are probably going to win the Super Bowl because Tom Brady took less money. Um, we also have Andy Dalton. <laughs> we already talked about that. Still makes me happen. Your Titans signed Bud Dupree. How about that? I, I think he's an overrated free agent. Nice. Well, nice. There you go. Okay, <laughs> moving on from that. Uh, I mean, they're going to lose Jadavion Clowney. Has he signed anywhere yet? I don't think so. No, uh, according seen. to this Bleacher Report. They're going to lose him. Uh, they're, they're losing a lot on offense as well. Uh, I mean, they sort of had three guys on offense. They well, lost Corey well, Davis. Derrick Henry. <laughs> they had three guys in the past games. A.J. Brown, uh, Johnny Smith, and Corey Davis. Both Johnny Smith and Corey Davis are now gone. <laughs> That's so, true. Blaney Walker? <laughs> I, think still... he, I think he finally retired. Aww, I could be sad. wrong. hate to see that, man. Where are the quarterback moves? Not for the Titans. In the NFL. And that's all that we've been waiting for this offseason. We've been talking Drew, about... Drew Brees retired. That happened. Yeah. Officially Drew happened. Drew Brees did retire. And then they re-signed Jameis Winston and restructured Taysom Hill's contract. So Four-year 140. Saints are going to be terrible. <laughs> I, I think Jameis Winston, like, I, I'm going to wait for him to play a full season away from Tampa. I don't think they're going to play Away from Bruce Arians' air raid before <laughs> judging him completely. No, I'm not like... I'll, I'll give him a shot with the Saints. Like, I know the guy can sling it. He was the best quarterback when Breeze and Brady faced in the uh, divisional round. So he was the best quarterback <laughs> in that game, one for one, 56 yards and a touchdown. Um, <laughs> but, like, I don't think they're going to play him. I think they love Taysom Hill so much that Winston's not going to get a full season. I think they did love Taysom Hill until they had to actually play him. Also pay him. He's making like 10 times the amount Aaron Jones is. Which I understand he's a quarterback, but like not 10 times. But there's they a one in front of the numbers. Before he ever played. Yeah, I didn't get it. But, makes, makes me feel right. good about Aaron Jones though. The reason that I 
feel like the Saints can still convince themselves that Taysom Hill is the guy is because they were 3-1 and one when he was in there. I know that it wasn't against the best teams, and I know that he wasn't putting up the best performances, but at the end of the day, you can fall back on, well, he did enough to win the game, so why are we going to bench someone that's doing enough to win for someone that the last time we saw him for a full season threw 30 interceptions? I get it. I just don't like it. Yeah, I mean, again, I think part of that was... Bruce Arians' offense was huck it down the field to Mike Evans every single play. <laughs> and, like, when you do that, like, you're going to throw picks. Definitely. But 30 is, 30 is a lot. It's, no, it's a lot. Because, <laughs> like, even if you put, you know, I would say Russell Wilson is somebody who just slings it downfield. And I, I know that comparing someone to Russell Wilson isn't really fair, but Russell Wilson's not throwing anywhere near 30 interceptions. I, I would probably, well, yeah, I would probably try and roll with Jameis until it doesn't work and then still use Taysom Hill how they've been using him. Because, I mean, even so, I think he's more valuable to them as, like, a wildcat. We're going to throw him in there. You can't game plan for him because right. we're not going to start him. We'll throw him in there for two plays a game at quarterback, then we'll throw him in at tight end, whatever. Uh, I think that's where he's most valuable. I mean, I think we'd all say he's he's nothing more than a mediocre quarterback if he's the quarterback. It's just a matter of if he's better than Jameis Winston, which is certainly a debate, but it's not as though he is uh, anything more than mediocre. Right, and it's a debate because we haven't seen Taysom Hill for a full season. Right. Because you can always just fall back on the idea that you don't know as opposed to Jameis Winston right. where you know what he is and not horrible but not great. Here's the thing though. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. Everybody knows the rules. That's so, true. Saints are going to be bad. I'm calling it now. All right. Oh, I, I mean, I mean, I think they'll, I think they'll be bad partially as well. They, I mean, they lost Trey Hendrickson already. They lost a lot of their defense. So, so yeah, I mean, I think they'll take a step back. Like, even outside of the quarterback position, I think their team will take a step back. That's the thing, too. Drew Brees was not a stellar quarterback by any stretch last year, and he wasn't mobile, which is something that Taysom Hill brings to the table, and he couldn't air it out the way Jameis Winston can. So I am not going to sit here and say that Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill is a better option than Drew Brees. But they both bring things to the table that Drew Brees just couldn't do you know what? anymore. I'm going to say it. They're both better than Drew Brees. <laughs> Drew I Brees. Said it. Wow. Wow. Drew what are you going to do? I said it. Wow. Maybe. <laughs> Compiler is more like it. Wow. <laughs> um, Andrew Bubb, Lacks Talk. Go. Oh, okay. That was an introduction. Transition. Albany's getting a lacrosse team, huh? Well, transition. Well, I mean, uh, I'm assuming most of. Most of your primary listeners come from the, the capital region, the Albany area. Of course. Thanks, uh, Mom. And so some exciting news out of the National Lacrosse League. The New England Black Wolves are relocating to uh, the Tiny Union Center. They have not been named yet. There's an ongoing contest to name the team, which features one name that is going to run away with the competition. Is it the Empire and again? Two, <laughs> and then two of the worst names I've ever heard of what are they? for a professional sports team. Oh, give us all three. We'll see if we can guess which one's yeah. the best. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
Oh, oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll have to, to mix it up. <laughs> so we have the Albany Black Arrows. <laughs> I like that one. I'm in for it. Okay. What are the other two? The Albany... <laughs> I've already tipped my hand. Uh, the Albany Firewolves. Ooh. Okay. Is <laughs> it a wolf on fire? I like it. And then, uh, and then the Albany Attack. Not the Empire, huh? I, that's that's being used. We should bring back the River Rat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I so pitched I... that name in the kind of the contest. I pitched the River Rat. Nice. Ooh, nice. So I think attack is technically the best name. But firewolves is Yeah, give, give me the firewolf. The Albany firewolves? You don't want to mess with a firewolf. Imagine how cool that mascot would be. That'd probably That's kill people. That's a bad name. And it's just a wolf such on a fire. It just runs name. around and lights things on fire all the time. It's so bad. So bad. The black arrows? Kind of racist. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, so the attack is the name that's going to win. Uh, because in the, the early 2000s, I think 2001 to 2003, there was a National Lacrosse League franchise in Albany called the Albany Attack. Uh, so right. there's a lot of nostalgia there. Uh, historically, if you Google their uniforms, they're like crazy. They're like an electric blue color, like uh, really fun, vibrant. Uh, so that is pretty much everybody is expecting that to run away and it helps that again i think those other two names are absolutely atrocious um speak for yourself literally only for yourself (laughs) so so no there's but uh i mean the the exciting thing is right i mean they're they're not an expansion team they're relocation uh, they're relocating so we already relatively know the team and they're pretty good with a sport with a sport like uh so, so uh, this is box lacrosse. This is not field lacrosse. So it's not played outside. It's played inside right. hockey arena, except on on floor. Uh, it's pretty much land hockey. You have five players on the floor plus a goalie. Uh, the goalie wears equipment that looks a lot more similar to a hockey goalie than it does a field lacrosse goalie. Is it about uh, the size of a hockey rink? What was that? I'm sorry. Is it about the size of a hockey rink? Oh, it, it's it's a it's a hockey rink. Oh, okay. And they just put floor down over the ice. Okay. It's the hockey boards. Yep. Hockey boards. So, uh, so yeah, very similar. So, but I mean, with that sport, I mean, professional lacrosse right now is it, I liken it like as a business model, sort of to minor league baseball at the moment, okay. uh, but without like the promise of like that future payday if you make it to the majors. Right. So a lot of guys will sort of have to like swing trades and stuff based on where they live and the teams normally will try and accommodate that because otherwise a good player will just not play for you right it's like well uh, yeah so so a lot of these guys have other jobs uh we're getting to the point where a lot of them end up just playing professional box lacrosse in the winter professional field lacrosse in the summer uh and that ends up being enough which is really cool. We're starting to see more guys do that, but we're still at the point. Yeah, a lot of these guys have day jobs and will come uh, and play. Uh, so we don't we don't know 100% what the team will look like, but we do have a rough idea. Uh, and so the exciting thing is is that the 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 New England Black Wolves. That's where they're relocating from. Uh, they have made the playoffs every year since 2016, uh, and last year before uh, like. They were in the middle of their season when uh, the coronavirus shut everything down. They were the top team in the league. 
uh, before oh, yeah. the league shut down. Uh, so, like nice. so it's, I mean, a good team that's coming, assuming most of the players are kept, especially, uh, I think they were based in Connecticut. Um, yes, they were based in Connecticut. So it's not too far a move. So I don't anticipate like a huge amount of turnover based on the move. Right. Uh, the one snag is last off season, right? So they canceled the 2020, 21 season. So they like they suspended the 2019-2020 season. Then they had a whole off season and like a draft and like free agency, uh, assuming to have a season this year, 2020-2021. But then they canceled that. Uh, so they did lose uh, their best player, who was probably going to win the MVP award. Oh. They lost him in free agency. Callum oh. Crawford. It's over. He ended up going to the the New York Riptide. Who oh, is the, uh, the team based on Long Island? Oh, okay. gross! Uh, so, so that is rough. But the other good news Me? is that all of the Thompson brothers play in the National Lacrosse League. Ooh. All of the Thompson brothers still have family uh, up in upstate New York. I think that's roughly about where they live most of the year. Fantastic! Uh, and they're big enough names that if this is what they want, they can end up getting themselves to Albany. So I'm sitting here with my fingers crossed that we can see Miles and Lyle Thompson back in Albany where they belong. That would be fantastic, honestly. So, Yeah, that would be awesome. Now, are you worried about players when they realize that the Firewolves was an option for the team name <laughs> that they end up not going with? Are you fearful that they I'm might drop worried. out then? I'm worried about it because I don't want to watch anymore. <laughs> I just I I'm still not over the still not over the firewolves uh, still not over the firewolves. I pitched what I thought were better team names than that. In the so originally the name the team contest was like open submissions, then they narrowed it down. Teamy McTeam. I had a couple that I thought were good. I, I pitched the River Rats, right? Bring back the River Rats. I wonder if that's uh, like a copyright issue. Uh, potentially, they don't exist anymore. Rowdy lives with the Valley Cats now. Like, yeah, there's probably some happen. obscure guy that still owns the naming rights. Um, so. But uh, I pitched the River Rats. I pitched uh, the Senators because we are the capital of New York. I huh. like it. Nice. Uh, and either way, whether you think it's good or not, it's better than the Firewolves. Mm, agree uh, to and I disagree. also pitched the Union, <laughs> the Albany Union, because of the Albany Plan of Union back uh, it was actually before the revolution that was the, uh, the united well not the united states it was the colonies plan of defense for if the french attack i totally forgot about the that. albany plan of union well, it's been a while since i heard the albany plan of union i like the albany firewolves honestly i'm just gonna stick to oh that gosh. hopefully petition for it the albany cuomos that's basically, <laughs> they're already on fire and that's the case <laughs> Oh, the Albany uh, Fire no, Cuomos. Nice, the Fire Cuomos. This is exciting for Albany. Uh, I mean, it's the the River Rats left because Albany couldn't support them. But I think the people that did support them were upset when they left. Uh, so hopefully, this can sort of fill that void. Uh, Albany's definitely more of a lacrosse town than they are a hockey town. Um, and that's changed over the last few years with the success over at UAlbany, so hopefully that'll continue. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I mean, I mean, Albany, the, the capital region is growing as a lacrosse uh, community. I mean, like uh, right now, you see their leading scorer. Let me look this up. 
Also, uh, quick breaking news. Curtis Samuel signed a three-year, $34.5 million deal with Washington. Oh, oh wow. First they got Fitzpatrick, now they have Curtis Samuel. Oh, wow. Well, they're winning the division. They know the 8-8's eight eight winning the division. <laughs> <laughs> they're just going for it. Go for the 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, the uh, lacrosse is growing in Albany. The, the leading scorer for Syracuse right now, which is, I mean, Syracuse is the pinnacle of college lacrosse. The, their leading scorer is a guy named Stephen Rafis, who my wife went to high school with at Shaker. Oh. Uh, like, he, he's their leading scorer and, like, getting buzzed nationally. And there are guys from Nisquina, uh They're playing places, guys from Shaker, guys from Shen, uh, guys from Bethlehem, uh, Gillerland, guys from the, the academies like CDA and LaSalle uh, that are going and, and playing in college. So, I mean, it's tough because New York has two of the biggest hotbeds for lacrosse nationwide, which is Long Island and like the Syracuse area right. and Albany's not at that level, but uh, I mean, they are, we are growing into a spot that produces talent. So, so hopefully, yeah, if we can continue that growth, uh, hopefully this will be a good opportunity for the city of Albany. I mean, the, the empire have done very well yeah. uh, since showing up. I mean, the city showed out for them uh, during, I mean, was it the, the last year of, their former league before the league folded, then they win the championship and the right. city kind of like went nuts, right? It was yeah. a place packed out pretty much every night. Oh, yeah, um, they loved it. Yeah, so, I mean, that that's cool. Like, to the point where what is the other uh, the other indoor football league was like, we want to pick up this franchise because they're doing so well. So so hopefully that we can we can keep that rolling with, uh, with indoor lacrosse. With the fireworks. So, no, not with the fireworks. <laughs> yes. the attack. Yes, <laughs> the fireworks, absolutely. But uh, but no, yeah, I mean, very interesting. They are now the fourth professional lacrosse, uh, the fourth national lacrosse league team located in New York State right now. All right. There's a team in uh, Long Island, the, the New York Riptide. There's the Rochester Nighthawks. Nice. And then the Buffalo Bandits. Yep, the Bandits are pretty popular out there. Yep. Very much so. So yeah, it's uh, and then I mean, there's also there's a team in Philly uh, as well, so it's very very close by. Right. Um, so a lot, lot compact, sort of right here in the in the area. So no, it's, it's a league. The, the league is growing. They've added uh, the last full season of play they had, which was 1920. They had two expansion teams uh, in the league that year. <laughs> And then they're adding an expansion team in Texas this year uh, as well. Oh, nice. So they're growing and they're adding. Uh, it's gaining interest. It's gaining momentum. So I misunderstood you. I thought you said their last full season was 1920, as in the year 1920. <laughs> yes. Yes. They have not played a full season in over 100 years. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. uh, COVID really screwed up the 100-year anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> First the Spanish flu, they just got over that, and next thing you know, it's COVID coronavirus. years later. <laughs> Very yeah. exciting. Yeah. yeah. The uh, Firewolves coming to Albany. Yeah. Very exciting we'll stuff. Always call... You can vote on their website for the team names, so if you do want to vote for oh, the Firewolves. Oh, I will. Don't uh, I may never talk that. to you again, but you can go to their website. <laughs> hope it wins. If it's uh, Firewolves, no, it's because of us. Yes, we fudged the vote somehow, and now it's the Firewolves. <laughs> 
it is the the sports and stuff podcasts campaign. <laughs> oh, I'll make it the campaign. The firewalls. If we have to tweet something, I'll just start tweeting out things like crazy. Just constant, put a bot on so it just constantly tweets it out. <laughs> Same IP address, no, votes three million times. Vote, they have to. You have to give them their email address. Oh, I can make email. Oh, so, That's easy. Oh yeah, I'll well, make email addresses. You can me. <laughs> Elijah Casper. Elijah Casper one. Elijah. Yeah, Casper I can come up with a, a million, infinity number of different emails. <laughs> um, one last transition here actually Bob why don't you talk about what you do for lacrosse you're a coach yeah no yeah so I coach uh, well I'm a, a teacher of uh, a Catholic high school in the area and then I yeah I coach lacrosse uh, as well I coach both with the varsity and the JV teams that we have uh, at Christian Brothers High School down in Memphis Christian Brothers we are a uh sister school so like any school that's called christian brothers whatever it's run by the order of the christian brothers Makes who are nice. people who uh, this i describe it they're essentially priests uh but they're not actually like religious officials they're lay people uh, but they give their whole lives to teaching uh so they essentially join like a priesthood of teachers uh oh, kind wow. of interesting uh yeah so so yeah, so that's us, and so we're we're uh, a sister school of Christian Brothers Academy, which is in Albany, right? CBA, and then also uh, CBA Syracuse as well. Uh, some people may be familiar with. So uh, yeah, it's been a, a cool place to be a part of. We are um, an, an elite program for our area. Uh, the the year before I got here, we lost the state championship by one goal. Uh, and then last year was my first year. We were looking to go back there. Uh, we definitely thought we had the momentum. Uh, we were a, a great team. Uh, and then everything got shut down. Oh. We did lose uh, a few key players between last year and this year. Uh, but we definitely are still in the mix uh, for, for heading to uh, the state championship, which will be really cool because uh, we get uh, we get rings if Ooh. that happens. So. So what you're saying so, yeah. is things have only gotten worse since you've gotten there. That's what I heard. Yeah, that's probably pretty accurate, <laughs> I guess. Probably pretty accurate. <laughs> gotten worse, but... But they're getting better. They are getting better. I mean, we came off a 19-1 to 1 win yesterday. Took a road trip out to Nashville. Woo! Yep. Beat the brakes off of another Catholic school out there. And yeah, screw the Catholic. We're rolling. <laughs> now, at what point do you feel like, you know, we're up 15 to 1 on these guys? Maybe we should take our foot off the gas a little bit here. Or do you not? I, I mean, we I mean, we, we pulled uh, all of our starters before the half, uh, and then we were just letting, you know, like, the rest of our guys, like, get reps and play, uh, and, and we were still buzzing and rolling. Uh, lacrosse etiquette is 19. You stop at 19, don't go to 20. Really? Uh, yeah, not everyone will follow that. Um, so I'm going to tell you, that's how you know when a team is actually good. If they stop at 19 and will never score 20, even on a team that they smoke, that's how you know they're good. Huh. In college, I mean, in college, our team was not great. We, we played against some elite programs like Ithaca, uh, Nazareth out in Rochester, Stevens Institute of Technology in New Jersey, right? Ithaca... Uh, when they were in our conference, they were probably the best of them all. They never put 20 on us. 
it always stopped at 19. Whereas like uh, some of those other programs who are worse than them would sort of like try and flex their muscles, be like, oh, look, we put up 25 or whatever. Right. Like Ithaca, they always stop at 19. But will you uh, stop trying to score? Because, like, I was saying yeah, basketball. Like, there was that women's basketball game a few years ago. I think it was a high school game where they won 100 to nothing, and people were getting upset <laughs> with them. But they had put in their five, like, bench warmers for the last half of the game or last quarter of the game. So, like, at, at some point, if your guys just happen to put the ball in the net because the shot clock's up and they need to shoot, like, you can't really do anything about that or do you just let the shot clock run out well so so uh the shot clock is relatively new in college lacrosse that came in in my junior year my junior or senior year one of the two before that uh there's there's no shot clock until a referee calls it that's normally after i mean like two or three minutes it's a long shot clock anyway you're just spinning it around and not going to the cage then they'll call a 30 second shot clock. Uh, and so that's normally, and so in high school, we don't have a shot clock yet either. So there's no shot clock rules. So uh, what you do, like I said, general etiquette is if you're at 19, you, you spin it, you move it around. Uh, you can, you can like run your plays and then you just sort of hold up on shooting, uh, but you sort of run, see, like get looks, right? Get moving. Uh, and then, once they call the shot clock, you still move it around for 30 seconds, and then you just go to the corner and you drop it when the shot huh. clock's at, like, one. And uh, then you just give it to them and, uh, and oh. move. So, so you, you really actively try not to score. Oh, yeah, no, it's, I mean, yeah, like, our coach will say, like, yeah, we're not going to cage yeah. anymore. Uh, and obviously unless, lacrosse like, is different than basketball. Yeah, unless maybe it's, like, we, we have a kid that, like, never scored a goal. We're like, yeah, if he gets a look, he can rip it. But, like, everybody else, we're shutting down. We're not going to the cage. Yeah. We're just going to move it, right? Um, and so, so yeah. It's, interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. It's def- that's definitely one of, like, the – I mean, we talk all about, like, the unwritten rules of baseball. I feel like that's the sport with the – there's, there's an unwritten rule book for baseball. Uh, that's that's sort of one of the one of the lacrosse ones. Is uh, if you if you are still digging to go over twenty, like you're meaning some disrespect by that. That's what you guys should have done the other day. <laughs> oh no, no our, our our coach is uh, our coach is a very very classy guy. He's from Maryland. That Christian uh, school. Catholic. He's from Maryland. That's part of the reason we are. <laughs> very good compared to a lot of people down here is we have an elite coach from Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, So. All right. Last week, college, uh, college basketball tournament starts this week. Our two teams are in it because you guys share a common interest in Michigan. Um, What are we looking at for maybe upsets in the first round? We can always talk about the bracket next week. Um, and also, how far do you have your team going? I mean, you guys have the easy way out of your oh, teams. We're going seat. to the finals and we're winning it. Uh, I I got, mean, where yeah, I got Michigan. I got Michigan winning it all. Uh, Tennessee's a five seed and maybe the worst bracket. And every year they make it, I have to make them make a bracket where they win it all. Uh, but as a five seed, it's not impossible. Um, mm-hmm. They have to go against Illinois and Houston. Those are the one and two seeds in that. Uh, but the best team might be Oklahoma State. West Virginia is good, but I never really trust them to do much. But Oklahoma State. I, I, have, go ahead. I have Oklahoma State. I have Oklahoma State going to the championship. Yeah, because they got Cade Cunningham, who might be the best player. Yes. Probably the number one pick in the draft. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I hope 
Like I said, though, got to get past Oregon State first. 5 12 is no, you know, that's no easy victory. But maybe you hope he has a bad shooting night. Tennessee moves on to the next round. Um, but yeah, what do you guys got? I'll go to my one bracket. For Michigan, the biggest thing I'm concerned about is have we have, well, yeah, but in the second round, we're probably facing LSU, who's a very good eight seed. Yep. And then I think Alabama's probably the best two seed. I know that they're the fifth ranked team, so right. they technically are, but I also think that they realistically are the best two seed in the tournament. So if we're facing them in the uh, Elite Eight, that's not going to be an easy matchup. But I think that Michigan's good enough to beat anybody. And then that's another tough part is if we get through the Elite Eight, our Final Four matchup is likely to be an undefeated Gonzaga. Who's blowing yep. everybody out. Yeah. It's not even been close. But <laughs> yep. if we end up in the finals, I think we will be the favorite, no matter who comes out of the other half of the bracket. Yeah, except for Tennessee, probably. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so my Final Four here, I got Gonzaga, Michigan, which I think would be the best matchup. And Gonzaga doesn't normally win March Madness. They lose somewhere along the road. Um, and then yep. I have Ohio State and Tennessee coming out in the bottom, the south and the Midwest. I would think Baylor's a little fraudulent only because they played, I think, went two weeks without playing. So yeah. they're not in tip-top form right now. Ohio State just made a nice run in the Big Ten. Um, and then, obviously, this is my Tennessee bracket, so they're there. <laughs> um, so that's what I have in my Final Four, and then Tennessee beating Gonzaga. But then I have the actual bracket where I have Gonzaga winning. Um, the final four for that, I have Gonzaga and Alabama, and then Texas Tech and West Virginia. I know Texas Tech, is good. Texas Tech is good. Could be a sleeper team, and I have them losing to Gonzaga in the final of that one. But it's only crazy if it doesn't happen. Exactly. <laughs> That's how March Madness works because – you can't predict this crap unless it's obviously all four one seeds, but that's boring, and you really don't want to do that. Right. You just want to look like a genius when I have Wisconsin beating Baylor and then beating Winthrop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I got Winthrop go. I think I have Winthrop winning every single time. Jeez. <laughs> Winthrop, I have beating Purdue, and then who's the, who's the main? No, no, no. Winthrop beating Villanova because Villanova just lost their best player. Right. And I don't think Villanova's going to do much. So I have Winthrop beating them in probably mo- most of my brackets. Did <laughs> Villanova actually lose their best player? Yeah. He's out for the rest of the year. I do not pay attention. Bob changing his picks right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Connor, I, had, I had them in the Elite Eight. Colin Gillespie, uh, season-ending knee injury. He's a senior guard. Oh, well, there is a guy that's averaging more points. Um, but, yeah, Gillespie was definitely one of their better players. And Winthrop, 23-1. and one. A lot of people don't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Quiet is 23-1 in NCAA history. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's uh, any other first-round upsets I'm looking at here. I have no idea. I don't know who US, UCSB is. UCSB. That's just, the only thing I've ever heard them the five twelve. It's a 5-12 matchup, so it's interesting, so I picked that one there. Um, Bob, what's your final four? My final four is Michigan over Gonzaga. Um it is then Oklahoma, Oklahoma State over Arkansas, and then Michigan over Oklahoma State. I like it. I think mine is Gonzaga, Michigan, and then North Carolina and Tennessee. Because I think both teams, they, nice. like, they have a couple of tough matchups early, but then I feel like they could make a little run if things fall their way. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think, yeah, I think UNC could beat Baylor. 
Because like I said, I don't think Baylor's playing their best basketball right now. Yeah. But they got to get past Wisconsin first. Right. And I think they, they could be Villanova, Purdue, Texas Tech. I think they could beat any of those yeah, teams. Yeah, they got hot. So. They just lost a tough game in the uh, – like all of our teams did. In right. the semifinals of the their respective tournaments. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was that. a brutal uh, weekend for us. So miserable. And then yes. I have Michigan beating Tennessee in the finals because – why not? Got to have the co-host team. That would be just oh, what a nice fun guy. for us. In this bracket, I have Colorado beating Michigan in the Sweet 16. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> just, you know, because of my co-host, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, that bracket's a mess. But it's only a mess if it doesn't work. Exactly. Um, any exactly. other? All right, so what are we like th- thinking for sleeper teams? I know Texas Tech is a team we talked about. Oklahoma State's a big one because if you got one of the best players, you can always make a run. Um, UNC is one for me just UNC, because yeah. they're they've played decent competition this year and they've been playing much better. Yeah, they've been playing a little bit better lately. So they have a tough draw with Wisconsin, so they could also very easily be the first team out. And I would then say Wisconsin's another team that could make a run. I think either of those teams has a shot to beat Baylor, and if they do that, then they could probably at least make the Final Four. Yeah, um, an interesting team for me is Georgia Tech. They lost in the championship of the ACC tournament, and they had the ACC Player of the Year. They're the nine seed, which is very surprising, I think. Um, they're going up against Loyola Chicago, who get that old lady out of here. I'm sick of her. Sister Jean. Yeah, they beat Tennessee one year. I'm not really mad about it, so I can't <laughs> forgive them. Um, I think Georgia Tech, like like I said about Illinois, I think they lost nine times this year. I didn't watch them play once, so I really shouldn't make judgments on them. They lost six times. Um I don't know. I think Georgia Tech's a sleeper. They got good defense in that guy. He's so good, I don't know his name. Um, Moses Wright, ACC Player of the Year. Um, so, yeah, I think they could be they could be another one of those teams that pulls off the nine. You have nine them in the first round. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I, I, I picked Georgia Tech beating Illinois, and then I had them losing to Oklahoma State, but yeah. I had Oklahoma State going to finals yeah that, right. then like that's the thing you talk about these teams that can make deep runs and then they lose to loyal chicago in the first round because loyal chicago is an eight seed and they deserved it and georgia tech's a nine seed and they deserve that so <laughs> eight beats nine and then your team that you had going on this magical run loses in the first round yep it's just that's why this is impossible to predict. <laughs> it literally is just oh my gosh and then the people that always get it right like the first two weeks they get it right it's because their cat like reminded them of a team and then that's yeah, why right. that's why they made such a good run. But then, of course, that team's not going to beat whoever they think they're going to beat, and their perfect bracket's over. Hey, Elijah. What? You know why San Diego State's afraid of Clemson? Why? Because 7, 8, 9. Oh, my 